It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Change makers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Many of us are hitting a new stage in response to the pandemic, as we are now in its third year. We continue to feel anxious and exhausted and less motivated or inspired. Today's guest, Rabbi Daniel Cohen, is all too familiar with how people are handling this, or rather, not handling it. He believes we can live with joy, regardless of our external circumstances. Rabbi Cohen is the co-host of the nationally syndicated radio show, The Rabbi and the Reverend, and author of the book, What Will They Say About You When You Are Gone? Creating a Life of Legacy. Welcome, Rabbi Cohen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me today. So, Rabbi, a psychological survey conducted by the University of Chicago found that 24% of Americans reported they were not too happy with their lives in 2021, which is up from 13% in 2018. We've been living in fear for so long. How do we turn this around? Um, I think it's very important, first of all, to recognize that during this period of time, it has been very dispiriting. It's been a time of, as you say, great anxiety. And uh, the challenge really for all of us is to somehow tap within ourselves the ability to find happiness from an external place and not necessarily from the external circumstances that are surrounding us. And I think that really starts with one of the first concepts is being grateful for the moment that we're experiencing right now. I can't overemphasize the importance of gratitude. I just want to share one story that I think exemplifies this. About two years ago at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a man in Italy. He was in his early 90s that had COVID. Thank God he survived. He was on a ventilator. And on his way out of the hospital, he was confronted with the bill for a ventilator for one day. It was around 5000 of whatever the currency is in uh, Italy. And he started to cry. And the doctor said to him as he was leaving, are you crying because you don't have enough money to pay for the bill? And he said, I'm not crying because I don't have enough money to pay for the bill. I do. He said, I'm crying because I realize I am now 93 years old and I've been breathing God's air for free. And now I know how much one breath is worth. And sometimes we need to take a moment to breathe in, to realize the gift of the moment that we're experiencing and the fact that we are here not just to survive, but ultimately to thrive. And it's a way, I think, to pull us out of the sense of lamenting the darkness and, oh my gosh, it's been so difficult, but rather to be grateful for the moment and recognize on our unique purpose to increase some light and make the world a better place. When we're going through a difficult time, the, the last thing we want to do is see the positive or the blessings in a situation. And it's exactly the thing we need to do. I remember interviewing a woman once who was a quadriplegic. And right after her accident, people had said to her to be thankful. And, and her response was, 
be thankful. I don't feel thankful. I'm not grateful for anything. And they said, you don't need to feel grateful when you start. It's to be thankful, to give thanks. And when you do that, eventually, by, by practicing being grateful, you will feel grateful. No, I think that's so true because we change our emotions through our actions. You know, sometimes the person can say, I wish this, I hope I'm feeling better. But I think one of the principles that we oftentimes overlook is the simple act of kindness or generosity and moving outside of ourselves. When we look for an opportunity, and it could be as simple as you're at a coffee shop and you say, you know, thank you for giving me a smile or just wishing somebody a wonderful day and you see that person smile back. It takes us outside of ourselves and those issues that we're struggling. So, you know what? I do have renewed purpose here. I was able to lift that person's life a little bit, and it actually lifts up some of the burden that we face, and we're all uplifted by it. As you know, uh, it says that more than the the uh, the giver is giving the receiver, the receiver gives the giver because it gives our life greater purpose, and we do feel better through the actions that we do, and slowly. Um, the malaise that we feel begins to go away and our emotions in many ways follow our actions. It's not vice versa. Going through such a difficult time, and, and I'm asking a question about the pandemic, but this is really about anything in life. We have these expectations of the way things are supposed to be. And so when things don't turn out the way we planned, we have a hard time accepting a situation. How important is it for us to acknowledge what we can change and what we can't? I think it's extremely important because, again, every moment that we think about those things that we can't change and get upset about them is a moment lost to actually transform our lives and do something that's positive. And we have too many um, times where we're just allowing our minds to be filled with a lot of the negative noise. And I was saying to somebody actually just recently, I said, when I get up in the morning, I have a ritual, which is I say a few prayers of giving thanks to God, and I make sure that I do not look at my phone before I do that. And it just creates a new mindset. It makes me realize that, okay, I'm going to hit things that in the world that I'm going to hear that I am realize that I may have to throw my hands up and say, what can I do about this? But, in the, but when you recognize that, you know, but I can't change the world that touches me. You know, one of the most important principles is to recognize that we may not be able to change the world, but every single person can change the world of one person. If we focus on that individual that's right in front of us, and we try to, again, bring a little bit of our light into their world, then we're making progress, and our lives will be that much more meaningful. Uh, One other point that I want to just mention in this regard is there are going to be times when things don't go our way. I was in uh, Israel a few months ago for my daughter's wedding, and I was there for already two weeks, and I wasn't feeling great. I was having a cough and a cold, but I chalked it up to maybe a little bit of a cold. But in order to get on the plane, you have to take a test. Well, I took a test and I discovered that I had COVID. And then I had, then I realized I can't, I can't leave for six days. And first I got really upset. And then I realized that what was most important for me was not to see that sickness in that moment as being a wall that I'm stuck, but it was a door for me to walk through. And I now had extra time with my dad and stepmom who were living there. Maybe God was telling me I needed to slow down a little bit, and everything worked out fine. And the ability for us to really reframe and turn obstacles into opportunities and say, you know what, 
I'm never going to understand why this is happening, but maybe there's something that I can learn from this or use this or harness this moment for growth and forgiving, uh, then we're able to uh, lead a much healthier and spiritually invigorated and purposeful life. And that's such a great story because when we find ourselves in the situations of, of things we didn't want to have happen, you didn't want that to happen, you wanted to come back home. But when you made a mindset shift and you changed the way you saw that situation, there were the blessings. And, and that's really what we don't do. We, we keep banging our head against the same wall. No, 100%. And then all you're doing is you get a headache. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're not making any progress. But you know what? It's a door. And my dad has taught me this also just by the way he lived. You know, he's been an educator for 30, 40 years. And some places he was there for many years. And other places he just stay there for a year or two, but he always would say like, okay, God is telling me I need to go in a different direction. And then just focus on that new direction. And you experience a lot of blessings that way, because again, you can change what you can do with that new direction, as opposed to having your head focused on, I wish I was here. I wish I was there. You know, many years ago, someone reminded me that oftentimes we have either Paul McCartney disease or Annie disease. Paul McCartney's disease, you ask somebody how they're doing, and all they can say is, yesterday all my trouble seems so far away and they're leading life by saying i would have i could have i should have and other people have any disease and you ask them how they're doing and they'll say tomorrow tomorrow things will be better tomorrow but we need to recognize that the only moment that we're in control of is the moment right now and the more that i focus on the past or anxious about the future i'm literally missing a moment to listen to somebody a little bit deeper to send a note to uplift somebody's day, to meditate a little bit on what does God want of me in the world, and the more that we can be fully present in this moment right now that we'll never experience again, the more that we can transform the fleeting moments into moments which are truly eternal. And that's such a wonderful example. I love that, the, the Paul McCartney or the Annie story, because really most of us spend our time in the Paul McCartney story, which, you know, being a Paul McCartney fan can't be such a yes. bad place to be. But <laughs> but living in yesterday, I mean, really, that's when we end up in that state of victimhood where everything is wrong in our life and all these terrible things happen to us. And, and it, it takes a lot of work. But when you do, I, everything changes. I mean, I've lived it. Everything changes when you make mm -hmm. that shift. You know, for sure. And I think, you know, one of the things that I think is important is to surround ourselves with people who have that attitude as well. You know, identify, take a moment today to think about who are the one or two most positive, upbeat people that I know, and maybe spend more time with them. Ask them, like, how do they stay so focused and uh, positive and productive in life in a way that's, you know, defining um, a life, again, not by what they acquire, but by what they give and being true to their values. And there's a very important spiritual principle is that we all, you know, can become moved by, by people that are around us. And sometimes we rise or fall based upon the environment in which we put ourselves in. So, you know, finding like-minded people who you can have conversations with us about, who we can volunteer with, um, who we can spend time with, that will also give us the fuel and the inspiration and the fortitude to lead the kind of life that will pull us out of this pandemic slog and help us uh, – be more uh, focused on leading a transcendent, uplifting, purposeful life. A few moments ago, you mentioned the importance of being kind and, and putting out 
positive vibes in the world. And, and oftentimes we say to ourselves, well, I'm just one person. What can I do? But if you flip it around and you look at the negative of it, look at the havoc one person can wreak in the world, whether it be a shooter or a political player. I mean, one person has the power to really make a difference negatively. So just imagine what each one of us can do when we put out kindness. Oh, no, 100%. I mean, you think about it, and there's a couple of things that come to mind, but, you know, one candle can light many flames. And the concept that in my one act that I do, who knows, and I've seen this before, you know, one kind word to somebody, then when they go home to their family, they're feeling better about themselves, you know, and then, then they communicate with their child, and then their child feels better about themselves. There's a ripple effect that is... Um, so powerful that's created by one gesture. I think Robert Kennedy spoke about that, you know, like a pebble that drops into the water and all of a sudden we'll never know the impact of the little acts that we do. Um, I think about it also, a beautiful story about a fellow who was walking along the beach and he saw somebody in the distance kind of bending down and looked like he was throwing something into the water. And he went to this person and he saw that he was taking starfish that had washed up on the shore and throwing them back in the water. And the guy said to him, what are you doing? I mean, you know how many, there's thousands of starfish here. You're not really going to make a dent in anything. So he picked up one of the starfish and he looked at the person and he said, for this starfish, it makes all the difference in the world. And he threw the starfish back into the water. And that's got to be our approach. We are so unique in the universe. There's not a single person here that, that has the same exact mission at any moment that anybody that ever existed in the world. And if we lead our lives with that sense that I am here in this moment, in this supermarket line, or answering this email with a unique purpose, unlike anything else, and I can change the world of that one person, then the world will ignite with a tremendous sense of love and inclusion and really a greater sense of peace all around. Rabbi, when we go through difficult situations, it's often hard to maintain our faith. You know, we, we have questions about why could this happen? Why could God allow this to happen? How important is it for us to keep the faith during times like this? I think it's really important. I'm not only saying that as a rabbi, but, um, you know, God is in control of the world. In an instant, you know, things could change uh, in a positive way. And I think it's important to recognize, again, that when we have faith, we recognize, yes, I have to do my part. But then at the end of the day, I can rest at night knowing that I've done my best and that God will also kind of oversee everything. And it relieves us from a persistent anxiety sometimes that the world tries to foment for us. I mean, every time we turn on the news or we read a newspaper, the purpose there is for shock value. The purpose is to get us riled up. But when a person has faith, they really feel a sense of peace of mind in knowing that there is a God that's running the world, that there is ultimate accountability. And also, I mean, I pray three times a day using the words of the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, where he says, those who have faith in God, their strength will be renewed. They will grow wings like eagles. They will run and not walk. And I know that when I'm here with God at my side, it does give me renewed strength, because I do believe that God believes in me. It's not only enough to say that I believe in God, but every day to recognize God believes in me, he knows that I'm here for a purpose, and that to me is such a great um, spiritual uplift that puts me not only at peace, but gives me a deeper sense of my specific uh, mission in the world. 
What do you recommend to help someone get started on a spiritual journey or to strengthen their existing beliefs? A couple of things. I mean, I do think that finding people that are of that spirit that you want to um, uh, exemplify, it's important to talk to them, to be around them. I'm a big believer in time for prayer, you know, meditation. Um, big believer also in just, again, not just reading the Bible, but study. Um, because one of the things that many people don't think about is that when we wake up in the morning, the first question should be not, what do I want, but what does God want of me? And when you read the Bible, when you study, it's a way to refocus what my life's about. I'm part of the reason why I wrote my book, which is What Will They Say About You When You're Gone? Creating a Life of Legacies, really helping start people on a path for being more mindful and intentional about living. You know, the premise of the book is that we do get serious in moments of crisis, but why wait for that moment of crisis? How can I identify what is the kind of life that I really want to lead? And then I take people on a journey of seven principles to reverse engineer their lives so that we lead the lives now for how we want to be remembered. And once again, that book is What Will They Say About You When You Are Gone? Creating a Life of Legacy. If you would like to get more information about Rabbi Cohen and his work, you can visit RabbiDanielCohen.com. Rabbi, thank you so much for joining us. It is always such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to be on the show. God bless you and all that you do. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.